If you've got a Bible, turn. I'm, I'm not going to preach today. All God's people said. I, I did not like Jeff telling you to put timers on your watches. Because I'm afraid that will start happening every Sunday. Alright, I don't need countdowns. Alright, but I do want to talk to you for just a second. Because I think it's kind of important to kind of bring this together. I was, um, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned something at the offering time, which we have not forgotten. We will take care of that in a few minutes, alright? I mentioned something at the offering time about this group of people. Alright, we're going to put a picture up on the screen. This group of people, right? Do you know who that is? It's the, the soccer team from Thailand, the Thai soccer team. The Wild Boars are their name, right? I like that name. Well, we call the Titans. Let's take them to the Wild Boars, all right? That's more of an Arkansas name. But anyways, it's, uh, this is the Thai soccer team. And when I saw their story, I, of course I was pulled by the dramatics of these boys trapped in a cave. Of course I was stirred by the thoughts of, what if it was one of my children trapped in that cave? And, stirred by the emotions that was developed there, but I was so encouraged by the effort that went into rescuing them. One journalist said, it was an extraordinary international operation. Nations from all over the world sent cave experts. Cave extraction experts. I didn't know there was such a thing as a cave extraction expert, but the one who led their extraction was from Great Britain. 30 U.S. military members went over. 17 from the Air Force. People from Australia, Japan, China, Laos. The United States and China can't hardly agree on much, but both of them were working side by side to rescue these boys. And as I watch the rescue and have followed the aftermath, one of the things that I can't help but think, and this is what I mentioned a couple of weeks ago in the offering moment, is that's exactly what the church of Jesus Christ should look like. Because ultimately, our goal as a church, our goal as an individual follower of Jesus Christ, is to rescue people who were trapped spiritually and have no way out. Except Jesus. One of the things I love about being a part of this church is what we've heard over the last several minutes is an example of being what the church is supposed to be. We've seen a picture from the Dominican Republic and Brazil and Denver and Generate and Cleveland, Tennessee and Centricid and Shaco Springs and VBS right here in Goodlettsville. And that's an incomplete picture. Because we have stuff going on all the time that is reaching out to communities and places around us like Meals on Wheels and Room in the Inn and Mason's Ministry and Lynch, Kentucky and the Next Door Ministry and Goodlessville Elementary School and the Prison Ministry. And that's not to mention partnerships with places like the Tennessee Baptist Children's Home or partnerships we have with Santa Monica Church or Unity Church or Grace Story Church or what we give through Lottie Moon or the cooperative program. We're part of the rescue mission. The question that gets asked sometimes is, why do you do all this? What do you, why, why are we doing everything we're doing? Why are we trying to get everything accomplished? In fact, if you read some church growth stuff out there, they tell you to simplify, pare down, focus on one or two things. Why are you doing everything you're doing? Well, let's just say that if it was just to be a good neighbor and just to be a good member of society and just to be a good business partner or society influencer, it wouldn't be enough. We do it 
Because we are convinced that there is only one way for people to be saved. And that is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't go on trips. Although the Denver trip was scenic. And I saw pictures of them on that mountain when it was 17 degree wind chill. I was glad I was not there. Can I get an amen in the house of the Lord? Glad I wasn't there. They have a lot of fun. I went to Central Kid. Our kids had lots of fun. We had lots of fun. Been to Brazil. It's an amazing time. But we go because we believe that we have the answer to the biggest questions of life. And every person on the planet needs to hear it. I read this week that there are three questions that every human being asks. And it's these three. Who am I? Where do I fit? And what difference do I make? Who am I? Where do I fit? And what difference do I make? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Ellie told you that Center Kid, that's the trip I went on this summer. Center Kid, um, the theme verse was um, Ephesians 2.10. That's what we're going to look because it's about God's design, God's blueprint. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. And here's what I love about that particular verse. And we're not going to break it down like we normally do all through every word. What I love about that verse is that verse in context of Ephesians 2, in the, the whole Ephesians 2, in the entire book of Ephesians, gives us the answer to those three questions that everyone is asking. Who am I? You're God's masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus. The answer to the question of who I am, the question that people are asking about what makes them different, about what makes them who they are, is that they are created by God as a masterpiece. I love using the phrase masterpiece because the original language makes it sound like a work of art. It's actually the word that we get poem from, and it means that it is something that it was created by a creator who is not just doing an assembly line production. Aren't you glad you're different than everybody else? You've heard me say it before. If two people agree on everything, one of them is unnecessary. We're masterpieces. Unique, different. Where do I fit? Well, you are God's chosen people who have been saved by Christ. That's who he's talking to is the church. And what he's telling them is that you belong with God's family. You are God's masterpiece. You belong with God's family. You belong to be part of a congregation. You belong to be part of God's extended family. What difference do I make? Well, the difference you make is that you follow God's plan. You do what God's prepared for you to do in advance. Who am I? God's masterpiece. Where do I fit? God's family. What do I make a difference? God's plan does. We do missions here. We send people to camp here because we firmly believe that Acts 1-8 is the calling on all of our lives. That we are to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I believe this is a responsibility of every Christian to take the gospel to every person on the planet.
It's your responsibility and it's mine. There's a there's a couple of verses from the Judges series that just won't get out of my head. I don't know if God does that with you sometimes, but sometimes when I'm studying scripture, I'll read a passage, I'll do fine. And, and there was a passage that we read and we, I preached on earlier this summer that the entire week I did preparation, it didn't stand out to me that much. I did, I looked at every verse, I looked at every word, but it didn't really stand out to me. And I was standing right here speaking to you in the first service when I read it to you out of the text and God hit me over the head with it. In fact, he hit me over the head with it so much, I almost stopped what I was doing and started preaching a new message. That night at deacon's meeting, I told him what I wanted to preach that I didn't get to preach because God hit me over the head with this verse. And it's that point in the story of Gideon where God comes to Gideon and says, Valiant warrior, and Gideon says, Where you been, God? Now, that's, that's the vernacular of today. That's not what he actually said. He said, What happened to all the miracles? We've heard about what you did then. What are you doing now? And God basically says, you're now. It's your turn. And I believe firmly that every single one of us, when he says you will be my witnesses, he was talking to individual people inside of a group. It is our responsibility, everyone in this room, to take the gospel to every person on the planet, across the street, around this state, in this country, and around the world. And if your heart doesn't beat for the salvation of people next door to you and as far away from you as you can get, for people that agree with you on every political topic to those that don't agree with you on a single one, if your heart doesn't beat for salvation for every person on this planet, you have missed the heart of God. And it's our job, it's our responsibility, it's our part To be a part of it. Now how do we do that? Well, I tell you this every time we do this sermon. Something about it. There are three ways to do it, right? Some of you could already tell me what I'm going to say. We pray. We give. And we go. Pray. Listen. Sometimes when we talk about this, it's kind of like if you can't do anything else, pray. That's terrible advice. Whatever else you do, pray. The most important thing you can do is pray. Casey shared the story about the church down in Brazil that had been praying for an American team to come for years. You know what's interesting about that to me is sometimes we think of prayer as a one-way street. We've been praying for them. We're praying for that church. We're praying that God will do something to that church. We're praying that God will take care of us as we go to that church. And they're down there seriously as a church, praying for 40 days, and we're the answer to their prayer. You talk about a humbling experience. When you get down there and you look somebody in the face and they say, we have fasted and prayed for 40 days, and you're the answer? She didn't tell the story about the soundboard, right? Same kind of thing. They desperately needed a soundboard. Now, when I say soundboard, we're not, we're not talking about the latest, most expensive soundboard. We're talking about something that turns on and they can plug in a microphone to. And they prayed and they fasted and suddenly one became available. Right at the end. I don't know if you've seen the news, but the church is not advancing in North America like it ought to be. And you want to know the reason that it's not? 
There are a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is we're not serious about prayer. We're not on our knees before the Lord praying. A church in Brazil, every member prayed and fasted for 40 days. If I stood up here today and said, I believe God is, I'm not saying this today, although it might come soon, that God has called every one of us in this place to pray and fast for 40 days. Sunday school classes would be talking about what does that actually mean? If it didn't happen at Sunday school, it would be happening at lunch when you were like, I'm glad the fast hadn't started today. We're going to fill up right now. But if God asks us to do it, my question is, are you willing to pray? Second thing is to give. Let me just say, first of all, thank you. Because one thing that this church is unbelievable at are those special offerings we do for missions at Christmas and missions in May. Somewhere around $70,000 in two days. That, that's, that deserves an amen, right? Deserves more than an amen. Y'all sound like y'all at a golf match. We'll work on that sometime. We've been working on it for 11 years. We'll get there someday. All right. But what I love is, Jeff talked about the Guatemala thing. You know what I love? Is that was something that came up in the middle of the year. Our missions committee looked. They were able to handle that. I wish we could have handled 10 houses. I wish we could have looked at it and said, you know what? We need that. I got a call last week from Zach Drake. We've been talking for two months. Zach Drake and Santa Monica Church. Zach has been here in this church. Zach's church is in a difficult spot. They've had two of their most prominent families move out of the area. And they're trying to figure out how to make it. And so I'm, we're working with him. I wish I could call him and say, you know what? Don't worry about it for two months. Because we believe it's a worthy endeavor. And that comes through the normal Every week, giving. We were able, yes, to pull some out of extravagant, but also I just pulled out of the missions budget to say, hey, we're going to give this month because people are giving their normal tithe. We're able to take some of that out. I wish we could take more. We're able to help with Lynch, Kentucky. We're able to help with Room at the End. We're able to help with the Next Door Ministry. We're able to help with those ministries because you are giving on a regular basis weekly. We could help more if people were giving more. So I just encourage you. It's easier now to give than it's ever been at First Baptist. You can give in person. We're going to have the offering in just a minute. You can give online. You can take out your smartphone. Some of you say, i got a dumb phone. You can actually do it with your dumb phone. You can call and text a number, amount of money to a number, and you can give that way. And then the third way is to go. Jeff mentioned we've already got scheduled uh, a trip next year to, to Denver. We're in the process of talking about a trip to Guatemala. There's a chance that there's going to be a trip this fall to Denver as they launch in Stapleton for the first few services. They're going to need teams to come and help them set up in order to host the first few services, to have people at those first few services in Stapleton. There's a chance we're going to have that mission trip available. We've already talking about Brazil next year. It's going to be around the same time. And we need people to go. This year we had three go to Brazil. I'd love to see 10, 15, 20. It'll change your life. People say that all the time. They act like the newest toothpaste will change your life. It doesn't. You ask anybody that's been to Brazil for a week with our mission team, it'll change your life. Forever. 
we need you to go. When you walk out of this sanctuary today in just a moment, you're going to walk out and in the hallway is going to be set up some places. Jeff's going to be out there where you can sign up to say, I'm not saying I am definitely going. I'm not giving my money right now. Now, some of you may want to. But God's told me I need to do something. You can sign up to help out, to go. Several of our trips will be out there represented. Just put your name and any information that comes. When we get those dates nailed down, you'll be the first to know. Pray, give, go. At camp this summer at Centricid, our camp pastor was a guy named James Jackson. He's a pastor in, in Alabama. And he said every night that we were going to pray a dangerous prayer. It's one of the simplest prayers I've ever heard, but it is a dangerous prayer. And I'm wondering if, in a moment, you'd be willing to pray it with me. This is the prayer he prayed, the dangerous prayer. He told kids every night, and the kids were ready and heard it and were praying it every night. And it was simply this. God, when you speak, I will listen. And what you tell me to do, I will do. I mean, you can't get more simple than that. God, tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Well, the truth is, there's a lot in God's word about what we've already been called to do. Those good works prepared beforehand, part of that is Acts 1-8. I want to go back to the soccer team for a minute. Because this is the picture that I've seen around several times. But there was another picture that came out like three days ago. Maybe you saw this story, maybe you didn't. This is another picture of those boys. They were initiated for a week-long trek as Buddhist monks this week. And when I saw this picture, go back to the first picture. This picture, my heart swelled with joy and pride. The next picture, it sank. Because I realized that even though they have been physically rescued from a cave, they are spiritually in darkness. And the question that I ask is, who's going to take the gospel to those boys? The whole team's not there. One's missing because he's not Buddhist, but I don't think he's Christian either. So my heart began to stir. You know how fervently I prayed for those boys while they were stuck in the cave? And you know how little I've prayed for them spiritually now that they're out. And what's more important, a cave salvation or an eternal one? What's your part? What role are you going to play? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. Jeff's going to come and lead us in another song. During that song, we're going to do two things. First of all, I'm going to be standing here at the front. If you're here and want to talk through a decision, something that's happening in your life, I'd love to do that. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to take an offering at the invitation. Seems like that's an appropriate thing to do, right? We're invited to respond to what God has done. You've been in, you've heard today what God is doing and has done. Some of that through special offerings, but a lot of that through the normal every week giving of our church. And so I don't know, the ushers maybe, they may have sat down outside and said, I'm not even going in there. We're not even doing offering today. Alright. But when we stand in just a moment, I'm going to ask the ushers to come down and take the offering plates and pass the plate during the off, during the invitation. And all God's people said, Amen. I'm glad you said that. All right. And we're going to follow that up immediately transitioning into the Lord's Supper. 
Because the reason we go and tell is because God has come and died in Jesus. Saved us from our sins. It's grace greater than anything on this planet. And as you leave today, after we do the Lord's Supper, because we're not going to do a lot of talking after that, we're going to soak in that moment and then we're going to leave. As you leave today, if God's laid on your heart, sign up for a trip. Maybe you don't know that you can, but you'd like information, sign up. Next year, you could be part of sharing what God has done in an amazing way through your willingness to do whatever God asks you to do. When you speak, Lord, we will listen. When you tell us what to do, we'll do it. Let's pray together.